It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes. You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. It's November 22nd, the day before Thanksgiving. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today. I don't know if you're going to get this podcast before Thanksgiving, but we do have a special episode today, and I've got even some special tips to tell you how to save money for the after Thanksgiving um, specials out there, Black Friday. So hang around for the whole show, and I'll give you those tips on things that I have learned to do to avoid the huge lines as well as those doorbuster specials and see what we can do to save you some money. Um, I also want to tell you that we've got some exciting things to talk about on today's show. We're going to talk about, I have gotten the emails from you guys asking, how in the world do I know which retirement option I should choose whether it's the regular 401k, whether it's the Roth 401k, traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs, what are the limitations, when should I use them. I have heard your cries for help, and I'm going to help you on today's show. And I think this is going to be very much an important thing on helping you to to prioritize how you're going to save for your money. Because remember what we've talked about in in the last podcast we did, which was titled Retirement in Crisis, is that a lot of your retirement now falls upon your shoulders. You are the one that's responsible for making sure you save enough money. And now we're going to give you the tools to make sure you're doing it the right way. Now, before we get into the financial chaos topic, which is organizing your retirement options, let's just remind you what we're here for. This is the Money Guy podcast. We are here to restore order to your financial chaos and help you make good financial decisions. If you want to contact me, you can through email. It's Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at money-guy.com, or you can call our 1-800 number. That's 1-800-762-8502, and our newest addition is our MySpace page, and you can go to MySpace and then type in myspace.com backslash Podcast. We are the Money Guy Podcast. Um, no dashes on that, but you can go look us up, become one of our friends, get all the updates, and um, I'm going to do an update in the, hopefully the next few weeks because a lot of you guys are pretty unique people. Um, jumping right into the financial chaos topic, organizing your retirement options. As I mentioned in the last podcast, this is very, very important. We've had a changing landscape in the way America and retirement works. In the past, it used to be that a lot of the responsibility fell upon your employer to save for you through these defined pensions. Those have all but gone extinct, and now the funding is coming from you, yourself, putting money aside, making good investment decisions, as well as keeping your lifestyle in check so that you don't get into a situation where Retirement means there is no retirement. Retirement could mean that you work until the day you die. And we want to try to help you out as much as possible to make sure that is not you. But the biggest thing is that you've got to recognize that with this changing landscape, the government realizes that there's problems with retirement savings as well for most citizens. So what they've done is they've tried to make some changes in legislation that um, you know really help you to save for retirement because they are very aware that the majority of you out there are asleep at the wheel when it comes to saving for retirement, that you're not doing what you need to, that you're spending money, um, you're using your retirement accounts when you change employers as a piggy bank, 
And they also recognize that Social Security is circling the drain. It might not be in the next 10 years. It's not going to be in the next 20 years. But they know that if you look in the next 25 to 30 years, Social Security has some big major problems um, with the funding side of it. So they're doing everything they can to encourage you to save for yourself. And you've got to take advantage of that. And... Um, as a result of this really silent but deadly building disaster that we've got going on out there, we do have some opportunities. As I mentioned, the government does recognize that there's a problem out there that the majority of you are just not doing what you need to. So they've come up with new legislation to help you out on making sure saving for retirement is as easy as possible. But before we can get into the details of some of these planning techniques, remember my whole thing is that I assume that I've got very sophisticated subscribers, but I've also got subscribers who are just brand new to financial planning and investing, and I need to give you some basic understanding of core things um, that are the tools, the vehicles that are used to save for retirement. So I'm going to break this down. You've got to first understand what the options are for retirement before you try to put them in order of what you need to be doing. And um, so the first thing I've done is, and you can go pull the show notes up from our website, that's money-guide.com, and you can get these show notes to get these definitions, but I'm going to go ahead and go over this. You can also subscribe via email to our um, to get these show notes sent directly to you every time we update the website. And the cool thing also about the email subscriptions is that a lot of whenever I do links to articles, as well as to um, tools that you can use out there on the Internet. These links work directly through the um, email newsletter as well. So I encourage you, if you're interested, go out there and sign up for that. But let's get back to the definitions. Let's talk about what your options are. The first option is the traditional 401K. And just to give you an understanding, the traditional 401K is you know an employer-provided plan where you can put up to $15,000 a year away. If you're over 50, you can do, bump that up to $20,000 a year in 2006. Contributions are completely tax deductible, which, as I mentioned in the Retirement in Crisis podcast, is kind of the sexy thing about 401Ks because they can lower your taxes as well as help you save for retirement. So it's kind of that double whammy that's really a great thing for, for all of us investors out there. But the, the only problem with them is, is, is that those earnings do grow tax-deferred, meaning that as you're putting money in and every year as, it, as your account grows in the traditional 401K, you're not paying taxes. But when you do pull the money out, this is the unfortunate thing, you are taxed at ordinary income tax rates. And as you'll hear later in this podcast, that is kind of a bleak um, future ahead of us on where tax rates are going to be in the future, and I'll give you some of my support on that, those numbers, so you can know I'm not just making this up. But that is the only bad thing, is that for traditional 401ks, when you pull the money out, after you turn 59 and a half, will have and be taxed at ordinary income tax rates, which are much, much higher than the new lower capital gains and dividend tax rates, which are capped at 15%. So that's something um, that, that you really need to understand with traditional 401ks. Roth 401ks actually became available at the beginning of 2006. But I'll be honest, most employers had not signed off and put these and made these available to their participants because they were not permanent. They actually were going to sunset out 
But I will tell you, with part of that brand new um, legislation that came around in August, the Pension Protection Act of 2006, they did make these Roth 401ks permanent. I think you're going to start seeing these things everywhere. I think they're going to become much more available, much more common, um, because it's, it's very easy for plan administrators to add this option to an existing 401k plan. Um, so I think you pay attention. I think you're going to see those. They just like 401ks. You can put $15,000 in them. Unless you're over 50, then you can put $20,000 into them. Um, the contributions, um, unfortunately, unlike the traditional 401k, are not deductible. Because the reason they're not deductible is that the government, and this is the big thing that the government's giving you, the gift essentially from the government, is that everything that you put into a, a, a Roth 401k grows completely tax-free. That's right, tax-free, meaning uncle never gets his cut the entire time you have this account open. So you're not getting that tax deduction as you put the money in. But when you put the money in and it grows through compounding interest and you pull that money out in retirement, all the earnings as well as your contributions since they've already been taxed, everything is completely tax-free. You pay no taxes, nada, nothing. So that's tremendous. That's something that's a huge opportunity. And, um, and the other big opportunity about these Roth 401ks is that unlike their um, the, the Roth IRAs, there are no income limitations. So if you make 300000 $400,000, million a year, you can still contribute and participate in these Roth 401ks. So that's a huge opportunity out there. The next investment opportunity that I want to tell you is Roth IRAs. Roth IRAs, you can um, put $4,000 a year in 2006. Um, for those over 50, you can do that catch-up and put, actually put in $5,000. Um, just like the, the Roth 401k contributions are not tax-deductible, but they do grow completely tax-free, meaning that when you pull that money out after you enter retirement, all the earnings of that account are completely tax-free. You can snub your nose at the government and not worry about ever paying taxes on it. Um, but they do, this is the unfortunate thing, have income phase-outs, meaning that if you make a certain amount of money, you can no longer participate in Roth IRAs. And those phase-outs currently, if you're married and you file a joint tax return, it phases out between $150,000 to $160,000 of earned income on your adjusted gross income. Or if you're a single individual, it's $95,000 to $110,000. So you can see how once you start making good money, um, a lot of these options disappear on you. Um, the last thing, opportunity I wanted to tell you about was the traditional IRA. And just like the Roth IRAs, you can do $4,000 a year, 2006. Unless you're over 50, then you can do $5,000. If you do not have a retirement plan at work, the plans are can be completely deductible. Um, if you do have a plan, they're probably not going to be deductible because it has very low income phase-outs on that. Um, but just like a traditional 401k, uh, a regular IRA, um, the assets can grow. The earnings mean grow tax-deferred, meaning they grow um, until you pull the money out. But when you do pull the money out, once again, the only downside is it's going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates, which are much higher than the 15% um, cap that we have on capital gains and dividends. So that's something you really ought to consider. I know in the alphabet soup of retirement savings options, there's other options out there like simple IRAs, SEP IRAs, 
Um, there's 403Bs. I understand that, and that's why, but we're keeping this as simple as possible. I don't want to give you too many variables and really muddy the water up, so I'm going with what impacts the majority of the people, and that's these 401Ks and IRAs and their brand-new siblings, the Roth IRA and the Roth 401K. So now that you kind of have a basic understanding of what your options are, where in the world do you invest the money? And, you know, and do you even need to consider the, um, the 401k since, um, we've got these brand new Roth 401ks and Roth IRAs which grow completely tax free? Or is the tax deduction that you get on your 401k that powerful that maybe you should consider it? And that's what I'm going to try to answer for you right now. My advice, and I'm going to give you the reason for this so I can give you, you know, for all of my devil advocates that are sitting out there and, and thinking the other side of the equation. My advice is that you've got to load up on all of the Roth options. Um, now, and the reason I say this, I don't, I don't enjoy paying taxes any more than anybody else out there. But there's a good chance in the future your taxes are going to be much higher than they are right now even when you retire, based upon research that's out there. Um, and the, these, the research that I'm basing it off of is directly from the government. But it is looking like that when we all retire, the government's going to have great need of our tax dollars, even more so than they have today. There's a great hunger up there in Washington, and we're going to have to fulfill it. I've got some very startling facts to give you in just a second. But I know the conventional wisdom, and I'm going to give you the other side of the coin on why, you know, a lot of people are saying, wait a minute, why is he telling us to load up on all the Roth options? What about that tax deduction, that sexy part of the traditional 401k that allows us to lower our taxes right now? Well, and that's conventional wisdom. It's very true that you would think that if you're somebody who's making two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, that probably when you retire, your your needs of what you're going to pull out annually are going to be much less than that two or three hundred thousand dollars. So even though it's going to be at ordinary income tax rates, obviously the ordinary income tax rates are going to be much lower on say fifty to seventy five thousand dollars a year versus two to three hundred thousand dollars you might make on paper each year when you file your taxes. And that's very true. But there is a problem and there is a fallacy to that that type of thought. And that's getting back to um to to where the country is on um on revenue and tax collections in the future. Think about this. In the past and everybody has known this, tax revenues have not kept pace with a lot of the future government obligations. And when I say future government obligations, I'm talking about Social Security, I'm talking about Medicare, Medicaid, um, all these benefits that are promised to people out there as we got the aging baby boomers. These, All these things are obligations to the federal government. Congress has yet to fix Social Security, and I'm not ranting and raving on that today, but they have yet to fix Social Security um, you know, there's not a fund out there with all the money that everybody's put in from Social, Secu Social Security. What it is, the trust fund, and you use the word loosely, trust fund, is essentially a filing cabinet with a bunch of IOUs. It's a spend-as-they-collect type philosophy. Because um, instead of investing the money to grow, the funds were used basically to fund general obligations out there for other government programs. So down the road, these IOUs are going to become due and that when they come due, the money's going to have to come from somewhere. 
And that somewhere is probably going to be your back pocket as an American taxpayer. And um, this is the, the startling statistic that will tell you the kind of be the, the 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 proof is in the pudding, as, as people say. Here's the proof is in the numbers. And according to the U.S. Government Accountability Office, our government will either need to cut spending by 60% or double, did you hear that, double federal taxes to balance the budget in, in 2040. And I know that's a ways away, but you've got to be smart and be forward-thinking and think about where things are going to be in the future. And as you can see, I have yet to find a government that can cut 60%. I think you could see it back in the past, you know, when we had the First World War or World War II um, or even the Korean War, you did see the government cut their spending drastically to cover um, the American needs, you know, because we had a war machine going at the time. But any time in the... the the current, the past, you know, say 15 to 20 years, I think the government dynamic has changed up in Washington where I don't know if our government could cut spending. I mean, we saw how when even when the Republicans were in power, they, you know, and they're supposed to be the conservative ones that don't spend money in small government, and we see that they were even spending very, very easily up there in Washington. So I think you have to be very concerned that probably the government's not going to be able to cut that 60%. You're um, going to probably have to count on that they're going to have to double taxes. And this is coming, like I said, directly from the U.S. Government Accountability Office. So these are their figures and their research is that we either have to have a cut of 60% in spending or double taxes by 2040. So I'm thinking that if you're a betting person or a person taking odds out there, that more than likely taxes are going to go up in the future to cover these obligations by our federal government. So do you see why I say that Roth IRAs and Roth 401ks are dominating on why you need to participate in these options? I mean, they put these things, don't leave matching money on the table. I will tell you about that. If you have a 401k, your employer matches, um, and they don't offer the Roth 401k, still go ahead and do that 401k up to the match because that's free money that your employer is giving out. But then I tell you, if you can do it, if your income limitations are low enough, you need to probably bounce from that, that 401k after you get the match directly to the Roth IRA, max that bad boy out. And then if you still have leftover money, you might even want to consider doing an um, index fund in a taxable account because index funds um, have very low turnover. They also are very tax efficient because all the income that comes from them is either through dividends or long-term capital gains. So you've got a 15% tax rate cap, which is much lower than ordinary income tax rates. These are things you might want to consider when you're figuring out how to allocate your funds. Now, if you are, and these are some items to consider, if you are a higher income earner and your company does not offer a Roth 401k, what do you do? I'll tell you what I would do if I was an employee working at a company and I had a good 401k, but they were not offering me a Roth 401k, I'd start making some noise. Your employer might not be offering these things just because they don't know any better. And if you can get some informed employees out there that say, look, these things are this important, to ensure that I have a good retirement. I think your employer, because I'm telling you, the plan administrators I've talked to, this is not that expensive to get them added to, to get this provision added to your existing 401k. 
Like I said, the legislation's also now permanent. I think you're going to see more and more plan administrators make this very easy for employers to offer these things. So start making some noise right now since Roth 401ks have no income limits. So this helps everybody, including the guys in the big office at your building. Um, but they have no income limitations, which is, makes them even more powerful than their, their, you know, essentially their cousin, the Roth IRA. So start making some noise right now. Also, if you have maxed out your 401k and income limits do not allow you to use a Roth IRA, you need to consider, and here's another planning opportunity, you could consider contributing to a non-deductible traditional IRA. And the reason I say that is you're like, wait a minute, I don't, this, you've already told me this thing is going to, if I do a non-deductible traditional IRA, when I pull the money out, all the earnings are going to be taxed at ordinary income tax rates. But here's the catch. Part of that new pension, you know, that, that new legislation that came out in August was that there's a, a little caveat in there that is great. It basically says that in 2010, you can convert a traditional IRA into a Roth IRA, regardless of how much money you make, meaning there's no income limitations. And the only thing you're going to be required to pay tax on is, if you've made non-deductible IRA contributions, is the earnings of that IRA. Now, there's some more complicated things that you got to consider with your accountant or your financial advisor, but I'm making this, I'm oversimplifying it so you can understand the planning concept. But you do have the opportunity to put the $4,000 into a non-deductible traditional IRA and then if you keep putting money in that until 2010, you can then convert it to a Roth IRA and only pay taxes on the earnings between now and then, which probably would not be a ton um, just because, you know, it's not that far before we get to 2010. And then the future growth would be completely tax-free. That's a huge planning opportunity. And this is a, a conversion that you really might want to consider because there are no income limitations, which makes this very powerful. So I hope some of this has helped out on understanding how your retirement options are. If you have not tuned in and listened to my previous podcast, Retirement in Crisis, based upon the Frontline Special, um, please go back and listen to our previous podcast and get that information because I think it, it will scare the heebie-jeebies out of you and make you really understand how important it is to save for retirement. Now, I did want to give you all a little bit of um, advice before you go out there on Black Friday and do a little bit of shopping. Something I found, I figured this out a few years ago, and I don't hear a lot of people talking about it, but I think it is the simplest and easiest advice on how to beat the crowds on a lot of this holiday shopping. When you get those sales flyers in your newspaper giving the doorbuster specials, and I have done this, this works. If there's like a telephone or a piece of electronic advice, you know, device and it has a price much lower you know, in this sales sampler than you, you've seen at Target or Walmart or any of the other big you know, box retailers that are in your area, what you can do is, if you notice, most companies now have what's called a price match guarantee. So what you do is you take that sales sampler, find the item that you want, go on the competitor's website, find out if they have the exact same item. Then you just take that sales sampler to the competitor that morning of that sell, and you can, they will usually match the price and give you the better price, and you avoid all the lines, all the crowd, also the limited inventory, 
and you get that match price. I have done this two to three times in the last you know two or three years, and it has worked every time. I think it is a very powerful tool. It's basic common sense, but you know a lot of people don't think about this. Is blinded by the obvious. But take that sales sampler to a competitor, get them to max, ma match the price, and you end up getting the great deal as well as avoiding the huge lines that drive me crazy. Um, I also want to close out the show. This is a special time of the season, and I feel a little guilty for asking this, but I need a little bit of help from my subscribers and listeners. Um, back in October, Heidi and I made a, um, a tragic mistake with our website, and we lost the feed for a few days on the podcast. And you can understand, uh, I love doing this show. I don't make any money off of it. I make a little bit off of sometimes when you all buy from Amazon on some of those links. But I can assure you it's nothing that I am um, building retirement funds from. And that's fine. I've had no problem with it. I've invested thousands of dollars into this podcast because I just love helping out people. Because remember, the whole purpose of this podcast was that I felt guilty that the only people I can truly help in my wealth management career is people that have already made their fortunes. So the way I felt I could level the playing field was to basically give advice away um, through this podcast. And I've invested that money, and I feel very comfortable with it. But I will tell you that when we had to hire a consultant to come in and fix the mistake that Heidi and I made, um, and I just got the invoice from it, and it is about $1,000. And this has come at a time when I um, was really not expecting it. Now, we will be fine. The show's not going to go away. We're not closing down the doors. A thousand dollars is not going to break the bank. But um, I talked to Heidi, and we both agreed that this probably is be, would be something that the subscribers would want to know about. And I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this is a shameless plea to ask you to please help out um, the podcast. I don't ask for money very often, but um, you know I love giving the service to you guys. But we do have a link on our website if you go to money-guy.com. On the far left side, it's a, there's an icon that says supportthemoneyguy.com. It allows you just to make a donation to the website to help us out. I just want to get this $1,000 paid down and get it paid off. It's going to get paid off anyway. Don't worry, Jason. We're going to pay the invoice. I, but um, I, since it was something unexpected and um, $1,000 is a pretty good chunk of change, I figured I'd throw it out there and ask for my subscribers' help because you all have helped me out on everything else I've asked you to do. But thank you so much for subscribing. Thank you for telling your friends and family. I truly love doing this podcast. We've grown only because of your support and your grassroots efforts of spreading the word about our great podcast. And if I don't talk to you before then, um, I hope you have a great, great Thanksgiving. And um, I will talk to you in the next week and a half to two weeks. May God bless you with good wealth, good family, and good friends.